This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial-grade AI. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI podcast. In this episode, we will talk about the topic what role your industrial data can play in your financial results. And I invited a guest. Hello, Michael. Hello, Robert. Please introduce yourself briefly to the listeners. I come from Hamburg. I'm a mechanical engineering and I'm in AI since um, 2016. And you are a mechanical mechanical engineer and now you have developed a product a solution how data comes into financial results how did you come up with it i mean i'm an engineer and what we think about ai is like hey let's get hands on this new technology and then we will have some benefits but at first we want to play with it and of course we want to master it and then we'll have benefits and it's like i think in every engineer thinks not only my But what are the consequences? So you have to invest in all your stuff that um, can learn about machine learning and AI. You have to invest into data aggregation. So it takes a long time until you see a return of invest. And especially when it comes to data lake. I mean, data lake, what does a data lake cost? Let's say um, 7 million roundabout, I think so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you can argue that, and it's a reasonable argument and reliable. You can say, okay, if we have all the data, Maybe we can be 20% more efficient. Okay, but then you have um, 7 million in invest. So um, I don't know, Robert, how many data lakes have, have you seen? <laughs> I have seen a lot of data lakes in the last years. Yeah, they're increasing. Um, but especially big companies are going to say, okay, of course, we want to have 20% savings, but maybe we can't have an ROI um, of one year or maybe even um, two years. So that gets me headed um, in my last AI company. We sold AI solutions. And it's always this idea, get the money, get the invest. And after a few months or maybe after one year, you see the savings by more efficiency. And then um, I talked a lot about people, about data and the value of, of data. So here comes two things together in my, in my mind. And then I realized at some point that when engineers talk about data, it's not like they talk about like um, physics, about forces or um, like pressures or temperatures, but they talk in a way about data that it is maybe a temperature or pressure, but that's not true. And so how do you measure temperature in Celsius or in Kelvin? This is uh, like physics and it's defined, but what is the actual value of, of data? I asked myself. Why is it so important? Who, who benefits from it and how? Yeah, the engineers, they want to benefit from data. So they see the benefit somewhere else, but they say, I need the data. I want to train like... I do some statistics on it, business intelligence, AI, machine learning, however you want to call it. And so like data seems to be only a vehicle. So engineers not really thinking about the value, but everybody talks about value of data, right? Often most cases for customer data, uh, maybe. And if you see the big um, tech companies in our days, um, like Google, Amazon, Netflix, they live on the data. I mean, that's everything. So of course, everybody wants to have a platform and data, but If we're going into the manufacturing side, we have all the engineers. And I think this is a misconception about um, data to treat it like a force or something physical that is a measure of something physical. Now, the important thing is you measure the data, you have the data lakes, but there is no financial value on the data. Exactly. And of course, we can measure it. And what is the measure? I mean, what we store it as, as bits or some um, data. But um, I said, okay, what is the value of data? How do we measure it? And the answer is pretty simple. 
because um, just go into your accounting department. So for accountants, like businessmen is pretty clear. It is a value. The unit is um, dollar or euro. Yeah, I think this struggles me hard. I said, okay, what's going on with this mis misconception? And then this was the reason to come up with the idea. I said, okay, hey, before we want to do AI and use data, we should make it valuable. Like if it's a value, we can put it into our finance in the balance sheet and then quasi finances. Financial results, yeah. Yeah, financial results. Um, And then, of course, I, I did a research and is somebody doing it? And I saw nobody's doing it. And then I asked myself, but why? Okay, but, why? Yeah. But, but, but nobody is doing that. I, I can tell you about my research journey. As, at first, I thought, okay, it's not allowed because um, what you can put in and not, it's what you can account or recognize, it's regulated. But it's not true because data is it's not a physical asset, but it's some kind of, you know, it's not like um, it has some kind of value, like a brand, for example. So it's not like that some that's not allowed um, to put in the data. But data is not a machine. You can put your machine in your financial results and then it's accountable and has a value. But I think the important thing is to get a legal value or to legalize these data in your financial result. Yes, exactly. And here's the journey starts. So at first I thought out, okay, it's called intangible asset. Like everything what is not material, like like brands and patents and so on. So obviously it is intangible asset, but why can't we account it? There's some strict rules about um, this accounting and like four definitions in principle. We come to it maybe later. But at first it's like, I think it's like you can understand it because um, accountants want to be safe on what they're doing. And if you have a car and if you then have two cars, like a copy of the same car, maybe you doubled your um, value if this is possible. But if you just copy the data, it's not like you have double the value of it. I mean, what is the value? Like um, is a gigabyte in euro or maybe 100 euros? So you can't measure by the bits and bytes. So you must measure it by what's inside the data. So the regulation says, okay, you have to show us how you use the data so then you can prove that you can use the insights of the data for your profit. And then, of course, you can, then there's an asset. Um, and the only way I find before I come up with my solution is that you introduce the data governments department. Like you have your own department um, that take care of data, extract the data, maybe a team of data scientists and data engineers and AI developers and do this whole chain like in very methodology with methods on it. And so you can prove its methods. So it's, I can redo it. It's not like some kind of science or special event. I really do it and professional. But then even then you can't account it because if you want to account as an asset, it must be in an invest in, in the future. So it's even that way it's not working, but maybe, and it's a hard journey. So how can we solve the problem? And then it, one simple trick, I mean, if you think about it, um, it was in the 90s. Now, now the simple trick. <laughs> yeah, it comes from something. I, I used something that um, was introduced in the 90s when there was a rise of the software companies and they competed on the stocks, especially in Germany with um, the traditional manufacturers. And of course, the manufacturers have all the machines, all the assets. But I mean, as a software company, you don't have assets. So you, you can't compare like a software company with a hardware company. So in the 90s, what do they come up with? They said, okay, you can recognize your software. It was introduced, and at first, I think, very traditional companies said, oh, no, we don't want to recognize software. It's not like what we think about an asset is. But if you look in our days, in the balance sheets, it's like this intangible assets, um, like brands, patents, and software, it, it's there. So like it's some common approach. 
to put um, software in your finance reports as asset. Some, for some companies, it's over 50% in their finance sheet. Your trick is to make out of the data a software. Yeah. So we know we can't um, account data or we can. It's not forbidden, but it's nice. Maybe if you're in Netflix, you go this way and you really rely on your data. Maybe, maybe. But one side we know we can account or we can recognize software. We can't data. And then it's not like we can recognize the database. Maybe the database software, yes, but not the data in the database. But what if we have some kind of software that learns all the data and then um, acts or is a software? So a software we can recognize. So in principle, what I'm doing is like um, take the data lake database, um, train an eye on it. It's a transformer model. It's called foundation approach. Like it just learns the data and then it can encode and decode data, but without having an actual use case. This is important to be like a future asset, um, like an investor on in it, but especially with an AI. And then an AI is a software because we have these four principles that must be fulfilled to be an intangible asset. And you know, this intangible assets are constructed around about the idea that it should be allowed to put software in your finance reports as assets. So, of course, if you make the data a software, then, of course, immediately it um, perfectly fits um, all the um, regulation and requirements. I think the question sounds stupid, but it sounds so simple. Is it legal? Yeah, this is what comes to my mind. Is it so simple? I can't believe it. And then I did a heavy research about it and find some PhD research report. And people about thinking, hey, there's data. How can we recognize in our finance reports what about it? And but nobody found a way or solution. But of course, it's not working without modern AI. So even if you put an API on your database, like in some SQL queries, this is not intelligent um, and it does not fulfill these requirements. So you must have um, different stance. So the first point is identifiability. So it, it must be a software. So what means you must be able to, to sell it or transfer it, license it, lease it, exchange it. So if you have your operational data and you can't sell it to somebody, then you don't have it anymore and um, can't operate on it. Um, and it's like dynamical. So it's a very hard thing. But if it's an AI, it's, um, this is trained weights of a new network. Of course, you can isolate them and then transfer them, license them. You have an API. You can encode, decode data. And of course, if it's encoding, decoding, it's not the actual data. It's like statistically um, equivalent to data. And point one. Then this is a concept of power of transposal, um, disposal and control. You must um, benefit from it. So you need an application and interface. It must be... Um, and you must control the AI. It's not like if I take the data from the internet, I'm the owner of the internet data. So like Google makes you as yeah, complicated, but it says it. And um, the third point is existence of future economic benefits. So you must argument, okay, now we have this AI software and we will have, have the savings in the future with it. But um, if you en can encode and decode all your business processes um, defined by the data, of course you can use it to automate it, to make assistance, um, everything. And you mentioned four points, I think. Yeah, four point is reliable determination of production cost. Yeah, this is the idea how, what is the value, the actual value in your finance reports. So this is the upper line and the bottom upper line. So the minimal cost you can turn into um, activation in your balance sheet is all you need to get the data and train the AI. I have, I have one more question. So your company helps my company to develop 
the software for my data lake or is it a software which is already existing? So you mean this AI models? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is existing. I take it from home research. And every half a year, there's a better software, so we can uh, adopt it. Yeah, this is what we take. And because it's some kind of, let's call it financial trick, legal financial trick is not like illegal because accounting software is perfectly legal and AI is software in this case. It's more about we count our data now with this vehicle of AI. And of course, we want to use our data with AI later. But in the, in the first place, you get the value in your finance sheet. And then we're going to start um, to use the data. What, what I'm selling exactly is not the specific AI model because you get every year a better model and we have some requirements on it. And of course, we need the knowledge how to train such a model to deploy it. And that's okay. But um, what's important point, when your balance sheet is um, checked, somebody must say, yes, your accounting is um, correct. And because this is new, so we have to do a lot of paperwork. I have, let me see, I have um, 14 different kind of documents um, to, to provide um, for the double check. So you so need this kind of, in principle, it's more about um, the documentation than the actual AI. But I think it's very, very interesting because now you can easily refinance your AI project because when you can put it in your financial results or reports. Exactly. You can finance your whole AI project and more. So so what I mean in Germany is the point, it's not like um, sometimes you have this um, choice of your account. And in this case, this is a choice. So this is kind of your choice, how much you want to account. And it depends on your estimate about your, your savings in future using that data and using AI with data altogether. It's okay, I have data lag and I will, or I even have data. Don't must be like a big data lag, um, but I have special data. And I think I can use it and then be um, 2% more efficient. So you can put this um, 2% more efficiency in, into your, that is the value, the upper bound or even more. Um, and the minimum value is just the cost um, to introduce everything, like all the new sensors, the edge device, this um, software, this cloud. Um, I mean, if you have these devices and the software, maybe you put it somewhere under the, other um, in the balance sheet, but but all the people working on it, and in principle, you have some kind of finance your AI project upfront. And you don't have to pay for it, and then hopefully get the savings. You can just have the value and then use the value to actually um, make it. And I mean, this is one of the documents you have to say. This is my invest in this kind of data lake AI, and this is my future strategy. So you have to normally in the shareholder, it's like a Finance report is like, okay, you have your balance sheets and it's more about combining balance sheets with um, future strategy. So your argument, we want to be 20% more efficient. And then of course, Shiro will ask, yeah, but what are you doing? Yeah, we invest in um, data lakes and AI. And then the story, um, you get a red line in, in your story. So you can't argue, argue that you want to save 20% and um, have not an invest. Are you focused on the German market or is it international opportunity or what is, what is your aim? I checked it so far in international rules. It's okay. Um, that means it's okay for America. And I checked it for Germany and Austria and Switzerland. Um, there's slightly difference, but I think they all tend to this international um, rules. Right? I did not check it for France or Norway so far, but it seems it seems to me the same way. And in every country in the world, you can account um, software. So it's like, do you have a choice? Um, there's slightly difference, but and it, it's um, it's very similar. So I think who's my customer? Like big companies, right? They are operating national, and they have some kind of international accounting strategy. So I have some international normally like a big national company from Germany. They do accounting like for for German um, um, rules. And they do it for international rules. 
ähm, so Seilsamkeit auf Double Accounting Strategy, so that must um, fit um, together. But it's like, it's international, it's not like, it's a German solution. Okay, it's not a regional special, special accounting trick or something. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Okay, let's let's talk about the auditors. How do they react to your idea? Yeah, this was like um, this was an interesting part. I thought, okay, what are they talking? It's it's new, and they don't like um, something that is new, and they took care. But I said, okay, it's it's very very simple. Like I do the documentation, and I said, okay, this is why we account, and here you have documentation. And I think in the first years we have to deliver like 20 pages more of documentation than maybe in, in 10 years when it's some kind of standard. We really care about all the documentation. And they would say, yeah, this looks pretty nice, but um, and decent and we can do it. But I'm not an expert. And then I will have to double check. And then they just give it to what they're saying, what they want to do or how they would do it uh, if it comes to it, because it's a new business so everybody did it, did it before. But um, the story is they checked it on, on their own about documentation and said, okay, this is okay. The software and fulfills it, but we give it to an AI expert. And then the XI expert gets documentation as well. And of course... It's a very technical part of the documentation that explains explains how the AI working, how does it come, how what is the encoder and decoder, what is about the foundation approach, how we can use it, like a very technical um, documentation. So this AI specialist expert have to write a like a report and said, yeah, this is okay from a technical perspective, and then it's okay. The accountant said to me. So in, in the near future, Peter has to check financial reports on AI. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. ex exactly. My, maybe it's, it's a good um, business case, right? Read some yeah. um, papers. And absolutely. He will be very happy to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, but but that's it. Like They just let some people, other, like an expert, check the technical details and they check this um, finance and rules on their own. This is what they told me and it sounds reasonable for me. And doable, of course. What are your next steps with your company and with your software? <laughs> yeah, the next steps. Like, it's like startup game so i'm now searching for um, a partner especially like a big company that maybe sell data lakes um, to the customers and maybe it's not they could sell more because they're very expensive and maybe customers want data lakes but don't want to have like um, a tier of seven million in one year in their finances so that okay um, maybe let's talk um yeah so so partner up with somebody that um, sells operates on data lakes Because I think this kind of, if you really go into data, you will you need the data lake. And then get it for first project ongoing. I have some business secrets and some kind of license um, agreement about this. All this, it's not about it. I, it's all the kind of how do you do the documentation to get it really through um, the audits and spend a lot of time in it. And I will just license it to everybody that wants to account um, data. Like here you get my, like like a lawyer, right? Here you get my, my documents, my, my templates, and in my company, I will work on the automation to get all the data and then just press a button and get all the documents filled out on button press. For now, I have to do it by hand, right? It's um, a lot of work, um, actually, to get all, all this documentation written. Michael, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It's a very interesting approach to make data accountable for the companies and save a lot of money at the end. We wish you all the best with your company, with your idea. And if you want to partner with, with Michael, we will put his contact and his LinkedIn in the show notes and you can find him there. And uh, yeah, it was a pleasure to talk to you and greetings to Hamburg. It was my pleasure. Um, thanks, Robert. Mm -hmm.